Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week is the beginning of a bit of a special mini-sojourn for the podcast, where we're going to examine a trilogy of films, one film at a time. That's right, one film per episode. It's basically the same as what we've done for the last year, but the next three episodes are all based in one film universe. The films, or films I guess, in question were selected by our wonderful Patreon patrons, thank you very much again for your continued patronage, and were then voted on by the general public. And from that short list of nominations, we have... The Back to the Future Trilogy. Woo! Ah, yes, and the excited woo you can hear is the appropriate <laughs> reaction, uh, because I'm very excited. These these mm. are some really fun films. So, joining us, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and is going to be joining us for all three episodes as she's not seen a single second of the Back to the Future franchise, it's Claire Mosel Crossley. Thank you for having me again, Stephen. <laughs> That's okay. Just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? Um, well, I study. Uh, I run a theatre company with my husband. I work at Cotton on Kids and I'm a mum. Yes, yeah, you had uh, little Lily, our uh, first yeah. person who's been on the podcast who was born after the podcast yeah. started. <laughs> uh, she's 12 weeks now? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, And you've not seen any Back to the Future? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Now, I don't really watch movies. Well, we're, we're picking up a theme here. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so I'm curious because you and I were about to go on this adventure across th- three episodes, three films. Mm-hmm. What do you know about Back to the Future and what are you expecting? I know nothing. I think it has something to do with a car. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to tick that box. Time travels? Yeah. There, is a, there is a car <laughs> and there is time travel. And I think it involves the past and the future because back to the future. So you're, you're completely blank canvas. <laughs> yeah. This is fantastic. This is going to be fun. <laughs> okay, well, um, yes, well, a buckle in because it's going to be a fun <laughs> ride. <laughs> and joining us uh, as our guest this week who has seen the film... It's Mr. Jason Dolly. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good. And just a reminder, Jason, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I am an outreach officer at Murdoch University and also a um, cosplayer as well. Have you cosplayed any Back to the Future before? No, no, I haven't. I think I could do. I think I could do a good doc. I think so. Um, I've done. Yeah. No, I guess. Who is there to um, cosplay? Biff. Um, Biff. Yeah. I guess if you just did a general 90s, 50s thing, you could do yeah. Crispin Glover if you're creepy. Yeah, if you're you creepy. You could do his dad. Yeah, you could do, um, well, I mean, mm. we, we do visit some other time periods. There are we some, do, There's yeah. some characters from the third one that you could do. Oh, yeah, like Mad Dog. Or, yeah. Yeah, so, you're yeah. going to get to that in three weeks, so you're <laughs> yeah. going to have fun with that. Uh, so you have seen Back to the Future. I am a mad Back to the Future fan. I think I first watched it when I was 
six mm-hmm. and I loved it and I taped it and probably started to destroy that tape from watching it so much. Mm-hmm. So I had to wait a year and then it came on television again and I taped it again. So <laughs> I love the Back to the Futures, especially mm-hmm. I think the one I watched the most was the first but probably my favourite is number two. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me personally, I really like all three of them. I think it's just a really interesting um, film trilogy with lots of interesting backstory. Yeah, and they're so similar and so different at the same time. Each, mm. um, I kind of want to. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be on all three. <laughs> well, sadly, sadly, we decided that because so many people like Back to the Future, we had to rotate it. Also, mm. you're kind of time traveling at the moment because when this episode comes out, you're going to be in England. I am going to be in England, so we- I'm going to be eight hours behind you. <laughs> yes, and either forward or back from a lot of other listeners. Yeah. So. Uh, wherever you are, just look at where Britain is in the time, and that's where I probably will be. And then when you come back home, will you be going back to the future? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got this image of you in England with uh, the lovely Dr. Carmen Dolly going, oh, Carmen, we've got to get back to the 31st parallel. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Carmen might be more Marty and I might be more Doc. Um, Even though she's the doctor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, she's the doctor. She has to be. She true. She has to be Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, we're going to go see Big Ben. Oh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, those of you at home, prepare your DVDs and uh, prepare to learn what a flux capacitor is, Claire, okay. as we prepare to watch Back to the Future. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Back to the Future. And by we, I of course mean Mr. Jason Dolly. Hello. And Mrs. Claire Merzel Crossley. Hello. So, uh, Back to the Future. Claire, that was your first time watching it. Mm. What did you think? It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, it's it's really fun. I mean, at least that was the main thing I felt. What did you feel? Yeah, like so many funny moments and just just so good. Mm. So fun. Yeah, so good that you just kind of want to... I, I actually kind of just want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I kind of wanted to just start with number two. Yeah. And like, maybe we should just do it all in one day or something, <laughs> one night. Yeah. And I'm going to say let's start at the start, but is it the start? It's, yeah, I guess the start, the real start is like a, um, a shed in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Mm. But it's, um, yeah, the film uh, opens with opens. Um, a sequence of uh, showing a whole bunch of clocks just ticking along, ticking, or at least uh, making ticking noises without the time changing because they all, most, mostly were all stuck on one time. <laughs> um, and we see a lovely like Rube Goldberg machine mm. uh, serving burnt toast and dog food for mm. um, people who aren't there. This toast has obviously been toasted again. For like for a week yeah. or something. <laughs> and there's like just a mountain of dog food. In it, yeah. in it. And then we see our protagonist, uh, Marty, played, played pretty much pitch perfectly mm. by yeah. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't meant to. Be, he wasn't 17 when he filmed that, but I believed it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like 24. But really, like, and that's the thing. Like, I always had a hard time. This is kind of everything as a kid. Like, Back to the Future, mm. Dawson's Creek, Power Rangers, things like that. Anything that was based in a school. I just remember looking at them, going, "You look older than that." And mm. I just, I like for the longest time, I just assumed. In, in America, people were in school until they're like 25 or something like that. Yeah. So how old was he? He was 24. He there. was 23, 24 when he uh, filmed this. Because mm. I'm pretty sure he was still on 
Family Ties. Family Ties, thank you. He was. Yes. He filmed, apparently he filmed Family Ties during the day and then Back to the Future at night for a oh while. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, Which is maybe why he slept in that particular position yeah, no, Like he just collapsed yeah. <laughs> Cause he was like, Just how I oh. sleep That was so much fun telling Claire like, Just maybe pointing out these little fun things mm. That like this is going to be a recurring joke mm. like, It doesn't, yeah. doesn't go anywhere But every time you see Marty asleep From then on He's sleeping he's that weird that, awkward I mean I kind of sleep in that pose these days now mm. I've discovered mm. So maybe not with the back arch But I'm like a yeah. very much a front sleeper yeah. mm. In case you guys were wondering uh, <laughs> No no we were we were Good. everyone take note um so yeah we start with marty going into this mysterious workshop um a, a workshop full of foreshadowing as it yeah. turns out uh, because there's uh articles on the wall relating to uh, the clock tower mm-hmm. save the clock tower um there's the pictures of like benjamin franklin and mm-hmm. other famous inventors which we see later slash earlier on um and we also have um uh, my favorite bit of foreshadowing which is the clock which has um silent film star harry lloyd hanging off one of the um the ah. clock hands which is from one of his famous old films oh yeah yeah harry lloyd was kind of like a buster keaton type um stuntman basically so, yeah. those silent film stuntmen where they just risk life and limb yeah. for no he good reason actually hung off the top of like a giant clock tower and they filmed it um and did all these big comedy things and yeah the, i noticed that because i saw a little harry lloyd and i went oh, that's brilliant foreshadowing you said harry lloyd and yeah. the only harry lloyd i could think of is like the one from robin hood and game of thrones played mm. viserys targaryen i was like slightly different harry lloyd, what what was he was he even born in 1985 possibly not. not but no the 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 original harry lloyd yes yeah the, the hipster's <laughs> choice harry lloyd uh who <laughs> coincidentally is no relation to christopher lloyd i did look it up uh, mm. while we were watching mm. the film i was like that would be amazing but no sadly they're not related um <laughs> but yes so we're in the the workshop of foreshadowing and we introduce the character of marty who is just a kid that loves skateboarding and plugging his guitar into massive speakers and blowing them out and, and tinnitus yeah and you know deafness get, turning up late to school um you know getting in trouble with mr, mr. Strickland. strickland yeah <laughs> who doesn't oh, age at all he doesn't <laughs> he's got like a little bit more hair in the 50s and that's yeah it. and that's about it yeah, yeah. and it's such a that character as well, Strickland. Like he comes back again in two mm. and three as mm. well. Oh, yes. And yeah. yeah, so you've got all this to look forward to. Yeah, you do. So like mean. I, like I just, I was thinking about it when I was watching. I just feel so kind of jealous that you get to go. Like I'm probably going to watch these films like maybe tomorrow and the day after or something yeah. like that, just to get my head back into it because yeah. it was so good mm. and it was i mean for, for me watching it for the first time in a long time it was a really joyous experience mm. um the thing that i rather enjoyed though was just how much um the cartoon series rick and morty is based off this um because mm. obviously it's it's well known that rick and morty the popular animated series was based off the characters of doc brown and marty mcfly yeah doc and marty rick and morty yeah, yeah. but then when you see the original in action, you're kind of just like, oh, they they basically just lifted these characters entirely and turned them into some other like subversion. But there's so there's so much like I feel like Doc and Marty are I don't want to say better, but they they're quite different at the same time. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's I mean I, I have, you, have you seen Rick and Morty? No, 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 that's okay. So, <laughs> Surprise. No, no. <laughs> Um, Rick, Rick and Morty basically takes these characters and puts them in uh, let's say more adult situations. Mm. Um, they're also much more um, kind of flawed, flipped characters. Flawed like, characters. Yeah. Well, like, like Rick is horrible. Yeah. He's evil. Doc. Basically. He's, he's evil. Yeah. And, and then 
Morty is completely like, uncool. He's completely uncool, which is the opposite of Marty. Oh. Yeah, but it's that same sort of like elderly relative, younger yeah. relative dynamic that they yeah. have. Well, they're not related. In he, this, no, so. but he, I mean, he does call him his uncle, and they do behave a bit mm. like that. But, that, that um, yeah, yeah. When he has to quickly lie and go, "It's my uncle." I thought yeah, they were related to begin with. Yeah, mm. no, I was so certain that they were related. <laughs> yeah, but because then I, early early on, you realize, especially halfway through the film, you're like, they can't be related. Otherwise, yeah. like. If Doc was his grandfather, yeah. which he is in Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. Rick yeah. is Morty's granddad. But I think the thing that it made me appreciate, one, going back and seeing, I was like, oh, they've, they've lifted these characters. But two, just how strong those two characters are, particularly yeah. in relation to each other. And you can see why they made another two mm. films out of this. Out of just those two guys. Yeah. yeah. Because um, they're, they're just so compelling, particularly when they're together in their scenes and they're dealing with, with time travel and trying to work mm. out where things are um mm. Chris, christopher lloyd and martin j fox are absolutely fantastic they are yeah they've like they're so picture gosh. perfect for both their roles yeah. yeah and i mean i mean what were your thoughts on on christopher lloyd as doc brown claire just as a first time viewer mm. what did you make of i swear the i've doc? seen him in something before possibly uh who framed roger rabbit he, yes he's yes, the baddie he's the bad guy i have seen that there film. you go <laughs> uh the adams family some of it. He was Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. Oh, like, in he a fat was suit. Too. And, I mean, yeah. yeah. <sighs> and he's just got he's just got a wonderful face for those sort of larger than yeah. life characters. Mm. I mean, we were commenting about his eyes while we were watching it, how they're just massive and yeah. 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 And just the noises. Yeah, the noises he makes too, like even as like as Fester as well. Like he makes yeah. so many like kickles and like, yeah. these really weird kind of Fat guy noises, but kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone gasps as well as he does. I mean, no. he, he might be cinema's best gasper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of yeah. thing. It's just wonderful. It's not a great play. medium. Like podcast is not a great medium to impersonate Doc Brown's no. like gasps mm. because the face looked great. Oh, thank you. All it sounded like was like a ring wraith that needs a lozenge or yeah. something like that. <laughs> um, but so early on in the film, um, we you know we get all these lovely nineteen eighties sort of iconic images which yeah. is interesting thinking about it like because obviously this was made in the mid 1980s mm. mm. was the culture at the t- obviously not being alive at the time uh was the culture i guess already like that or did back to the future i guess kind of just cement it did it shape mm. it into this is what 80s young american boys are like you know they wear the bomber jackets that look like life jackets to everyone in the 50s <laughs> they skateboard everywhere you know they um they listen to Van Halen. You know, it's it's it is interesting looking at it where it it just feels pitch perfect in the two time periods that they're in. It's mm. it, it's it's just lovely. I think yeah. yeah. If, I, if I had to make a guess, I would assume that it was based off what the eighties was. But I think yeah. it's kind of it is the seminal nineteen eighties film now. Like if you you think nineteen eighties mm. film, I think mm. you'll probably think it now. And I think we've always thought it like yeah. you think yeah. I mean, it's, it's back to the future you, yeah mm. there's very few that I would argue could compete with it maybe something like uh, The Breakfast Club is very yeah, very possibly. 1980s and dealing with a similar like you know youth culture exactly um, and, and similar fashion similar yeah. lots of things in The Breakfast Club yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah but it really does stand out obviously uh, having Huey Lewis in the news bur- bursting out with the power of love mm. is yeah. really lovely um, Steven Spielberg's in it 
Yeah, he's the, he's the guy that Marty yeah. grabs um, the back of the jeep of. Yeah, which as a kid, I always thought that was like Harrison Ford in a bad wig and a hat, <laughs> just because he he does like a really you know mm. bitter double take, which you know Harrison Ford was getting better and better at every mm. yeah. with every coming year from that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we're introduced to this lovely, uh, I guess, vignette of like you know the life of a. I'm going to say a carefree 17 year old. You know, he had mm. his, he had his troubles, you know, we, he had, uh, you know, his, he was trying to get his band into the battle of the bands and it was being rejected for being too loud, yeah. too much volume. I think was the criticism. No, um, you're too darn loud. Too darn loud. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's got, uh, a, a, you know, he's got his girlfriend, um, Jessica, Jennifer, Jennifer. Mm. Sorry. I did. I've slipped. I mixed up with the Rick and Morty. Six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's Jessica. Right. I was that. six years old when I kept watching this. So they kind of burnt in. Yeah, mm. no, that's fair. And, um, yeah, you know, he's got, he's got his girlfriend and they're going to go, um, they're camping. Gonna go, they're going to go camping, but he hasn't told his mum cause his mum's a bit of a stickler for rules. And he was yeah. going camping with some other guys and Jennifer, he, the, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was the claim was like, he was just going camping with I think the guys. He told, yeah. He told his mum he was going camping with the guys, but he was just going yes, camping with the girls. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, typical teenage problems. Um, and we're, we're introduced as part of this, you know, typical day in the life to his father, George McFly mm. and his father's, uh, bullying su- su- supervisor or uh, superior. Supervisor, supervisor, yeah. Uses, yeah. Uh, bullying supervisor, Biff. Biff. Um, who, <laughs> what a name! Yeah, I know it's so dumb, but the, apparently the name because it's Biff Tannen. Yeah, mm. and Tannen is allegedly meant to be named after another a producer that they kind of worked oh. with. It is earlier who pop- was an absolute knob. It, Amazingly managing to look like Donald Trump before maybe even Donald, Donald Trump, Trump yeah. looked like that. It gets worse. Yeah. It, like oh, the next few films. Yes. Yeah, you, you know exactly what yes, I mean. Yes, I do. Sorry, yes. Cause it gets more Trumpy. He, let's say yes. For let's now. say yes, yes. but it, it's hard to explain. Well, it is easy mm. to explain, but it's spoilerific if yeah. we explain. So, yeah. yeah, we'll leave it. Yeah. Um, he invents reality television. And, <laughs> but yes, uh, we see Biff and uh, Mr. McFly, uh, mm. George, arguing over this crashed mm. car out the front and. Uh, you know, George is very meek and uh, you know, very, very sort of nerdy, um, and basically it's super just... greasy as well. Yeah, like but... not just the hair, but even the skin looks yeah, like everything's poorly kept. Kept. Yeah, and you've got Crispin Glover doing a pretty damn good job of just this kind oh, of like yeah. complete dog. Yeah. It mm. was, it was pretty great. I quite liked it. Yeah, no, the um, that laugh as well, the mm. ah, 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 <laughs> uh, kind of thing. It's so over the top like mm. i don't think you'd probably see actors try and do that kind of thing now but for the 80s yeah. and for that melodrama yeah and also for just playing a character that is a complete uh dork mm. um I, mm. I think it fits because i mean it, it everything about this film is slightly heightened in reality um yeah for example the libyan terrorists having a bazooka in there in their <laughs> yeah just an rpg that yeah. they can pull out when they're like oh the gun's kind of not working now guys yeah. um like everything is just slightly turned up on the reality yeah. scale and it's it's kind of beautiful and for, and for like what it is is this kind of fun escapism mm. it, it really works like and for a six-year-old it's like oh yeah this is just how the world works yeah and people swear a lot too we were talking yeah. about that there's, yeah, there's a lot of um, i mean not not any category F's or category C's, but you know yeah. we get a few shits. We have an mm. asshole that's said at one Lot, point. Fair few of those, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, bastards. Yeah, obviously, damn. Which when they're in the fifties is is very yeah, goddamn yeah, a God, lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It is slightly swear, swearier than I think we remember. Yeah. Um, um something I was going to bring up in yes. those scenes, and especially like those mm. dinner scenes with old Biff and old um, George and old Lorraine, mm. 
is how did you guys feel that the um, the effect of aging them up looked in that? I thought it was pretty realistic. Mm. Did you realise that they were aged up? Yeah, because the they, they would have only been about 25 Not as well. Really. Mm, okay, because, I mean, obviously going into it, having seen it yeah. before, you're like, I looked at it and after about five seconds went, oh, that's right, because they're, they're playing younger later on. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't. It, it didn't strike you that they were... Nope. No? That, okay, yeah. well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought they held up pretty well. I mean, It wasn't too bad. There's a few bits where you could see, like, the the, the, yeah. the skin... Yeah. Not skin folds, but the plastic put yeah. over to, mm. get, like, make... Especially, like, one of the biggest ones is they made Lorraine kind of mm. fatter as uh, well. True. Because yeah. even then when they comes back, she's skinny again. It's yeah. even literally a lot. Yeah, which is show a positive change in the... Yeah, po- a positive mm. change for all... Well, apart from Biff. Yeah. I mean, except... The only thing that doesn't look realistic is Biff's hair. I mean, who'd have yeah, hair that like is, that? I think... Big that's... orange wave of custard. Moving <laughs> 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 uh. on. Um, so, yeah, we see we see the typical life of Marty McFly. And he. we also know, though, he's gotten a call from uh, the doc telling him that he needs to be at the Twin Pines Mall at quarter past one in the morning. Mm. And he turns up there, and there's a van, and there's a dog called Einstein. Einstein, yeah. Just sat there being a good boy. Uh, and then from out of the van comes the DeLorean. Yeah. The second most iconic time-travelling machine, because I think the TARDIS is just oh, yeah. a tiny bit more oh, iconic. Oh, it just works, yeah, yeah I it's, think. Yeah, it's it's tricky, but I, I just feel... I, I think it depends on where you're from and your time period. Yeah. I think if you were... A six-year-old or an eight-year-old when this film came out, you're going to say that, and you lived in America. I think, if I'm honest, I think for me the Delorean. I was 13, I think, when I watched Doctor Who for the first time. I literally Mm. watched the first episode, Mm. and it all looked pretty crummy. And my mum had been hyping it up for years, saying, Mm. "You know, used to scare." I'm like, you can see the people's feet under the Daleks, mum. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's oh, okay. Okay, not to get into a time travel machine fight. Uh, but if you've got what any... about Bill and Ted's? Okay, we are getting into a time travel fight. <laughs> well, now. Bill and Ted's is just is, the is a rip off of the TARDIS. Yeah. So I would I would I would say it's a subset of the yeah. TARDIS. I mean, obviously, the most iconic time machine, literary speaking, should be the H- time machine. Yeah, H.G. Wells's little um, mm. loungy sofa yeah. thing with yeah. the um, Hobcraft yeah. look to it mm. but the delorean and and the tardis have both mm. very much overtaken mm. that now in modern popular culture yeah. and the delorean it still looks cool yeah, they, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm it's like I, I know it's not a good car i no. know it, the actual deloreans yeah. had lots of issues with them but there is something that's just Such as killing people when the doors would fall yeah that like kind you of... watch also watching the film especially every time like christopher lloyd gets out of the car mm. he whacks himself on that door like nobody's business mm. like yeah. Even I know it's probably like a little deliberate of him, but like Michael J. Fox gets in and out of it because mm. he's not tall enough. But Doc will just bang, bang every yeah. time. And I started to wonder whether it was just not a well-designed car. Well, it, mm. it really wasn't. And uh, Michael J. Fox uh, always banged his arm when he got into the car just because of the way it was designed. But that was also partly because they jammed it with so much electronic stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it, it didn't look like a regular DeLorean. Yeah, he was, he was basically just... It in like a tiny Michael J. Fox shaped hole, <laughs> uh, Michael J. Fox hole. Which is maybe why Christopher to... Lloyd had such trouble with it. Mm. We are introduced to the DeLorean, and then out of the DeLorean comes Doc Brown, who's essentially just uh, a, a tall man with lots of hair, going, "I've done it." Yeah, <laughs> who stares at the camera a lot. He does. He like, does. He, it, it's super vague, so you don't know that he's looking at the camera, but he does a lot of staring yeah. at the camera, kind of like. I guess it is the reality heightened up to 11 yeah. where it's like yeah. maybe he kind of knows. A little bit. Like, you know, he's, he's looking to the audience. But I, I yeah. feel as though that's 
it, it works. It yeah. works for such a zany character. Yeah. Um, it's one of like the real kind of start. I mean, they've been mad scientists, but kind mm. of most of those would have been villainous kind of fifties characters yeah. who yeah. create the monster yeah. that kind of you know yeah, the, everybody's referring it, to in the fifties in this. Yeah, the it's mm. alive, it's alive. Mm. Um, but yeah, with, with Doc Brown, it is. Maybe again, going back to Doctor Who, it's and other science fiction doctors, it is one of those like positive mad scientist characters. Yeah. And even and even then, more so with Doc Brown than I'd say with most of the doctors. They they yeah. tended to be more mm. just weird, I guess. Uh, yeah. As well, he being... was he was absent minded but very friendly as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Doc, Doc Brown is um, kind of wonderful, and you know he's in the 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 radiation suit or yeah. uh, the Devo suit as my J Fox calls it, <laughs> um, and it's. Yeah, it's, and it's, his hair's long and white and flowy. Yeah, yeah. And he just he just looks perfect, and he's got the big eyes and the, and the mouth, which is kind of open whenever he gasps and stuff. Yeah. And he's just wonderful, just a really mm. big googly, uh, out of this world figure. And there's a few points where he just doesn't talk, and he gets a lot of things across mm. yeah. in this, and it like really works, especially in like emotional scenes, yeah, mm. like the one which is coming up when Marty and Doc, they're standing in front of the machine as it's coming towards them. Mm. Or as it's about to come towards them, Marty kind of shuffles and he literally like, has yeah. this amazing stare that he gives and kind of looks back down at his feet and then looks back at Marty and Marty's like, okay, fine, I'll risk yeah. certain death. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we see the first experiment with the time machine. They put Einstein the dog inside. It gets to 88 miles an hour. Mm. Uh, or to use the scientific term, uh, when this thing gets to 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> uh, and the car looks as though it's going to hit them and boom, disappears. Mm. Uh, except for two fiery tire streaks yeah. that run sort of under their legs. but don't. And then kind of move a lot. And yeah. then you can also yeah. see the outline of the green screen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, but we get the idea. It was cool. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, then the doc explains the basic concept of time travel, basically mm. saying, oh yeah, no, I figured out how to put time travel in a car. I use this thing called a plot device, I mean, a flux capacitor. Um, <laughs> and that's how we make it work. And uh, it basically says that his plan is to travel 25 years into the future, to mm. the to the heady days of 2010, <laughs> to see how the world has changed. Uh. But before the doc can instigate these plans to travel mm. to 2010 um the libyans attack <laughs> um he, he he'd said that he'd got hold of the plutonium which is crucial for powering the car by um stealing it from some libyan terrorists and giving them a defunct plutonium bomb made of old pinball machine parts yeah, yeah. and obviously the libyans weren't happy there, with there's that there's a there's a real like and it comes up later especially when it goes to the 50s like this was mm. the height of reagan like yeah. ronald mm. reagan mm. being ronald reagan and mm. Um, I was actually reading an article in Politico about this guy who um, actually sat with Reagan as he watched Back to the Future because oh. he was really keen because he liked uh, Marty's character. Well, Michael J. Fox. Marty. Yeah. That kind of proves <laughs> yeah. how well he suits the character. But Michael yeah. J. Fox's character in Family Ties is the son of these hippies who kind of becomes quite republicanized, mm. so very conservative, which Reagan loved because Reagan's super yeah. conservative. And Reagan was trying to turn the... In a way, like especially reflecting on him, he was trying to turn the 80s back to the 50s. It was all mm. like that was his heyday and they were trying to bring it up. And mm. there's even posters of like bad, bad Reagan films mm. yeah. in in the shots as well when he actually goes down the street for the first time. Mm. But like it really like the like and then Ronald Reagan gets name dropped about a billion times mm. as yeah. well. Like his politics are really throughout the film as well. Mm. And it is interesting 
looking at that as well um and, and looking at essentially comparing these these two intergenerational time periods um mm. and it, it, even to the point where obviously we we sit in a world where we have another former celebrity who is a president mm. and yeah. it does feel as though although they talking about trying to go back to certain yeah. times yeah. yeah it does almost feel as though now would be essentially another time in which one could have a story like a back to the future and have it mm. work quite well um, but, but, i'm sure i'm sure lots of people would love to do back to the future rebooted where it's like in the modern day and they go back to the 1980s i don't mm. well we're not going to get it because robert zemeckis has basically said not until i'm dead <laughs> oh, that's, thank goodness yeah, i yeah. mean mm. if you want if you want that just go watch it yeah like point. that was 50s mm. setting well, that was yeah. 50s well 80s flashing back to 50s and now it's modern flashing yeah. back to 80s yeah well, I think that should do it. Watch Stranger Things for an 80s yeah, fix yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's nice i know it's not quite the same but it, it's good fun um and then, okay, so the Libyans attack, Doc is shot, he's killed. Killed. He's lying in the parking lot uh, with no blood, but ignore that. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's been killed, and, and Marty has to quickly escape while he's chased around by um, two Libyans in a Volkswagen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who have a machine gun, and then when that jams, an RPG. <laughs> um, and Marty is, jumps into the DeLorean and gets it up to 88 miles an hour to try and escape, and then... Whoop, accidentally goes back in time you think he would have just left the parking lot yeah like literally like he, he just does loops and his idea of getting away he literally says see if you bastards can do 90 hmm. it's like yeah. well you're still going to be in a circle so all you're going to do is come yeah. up behind them i guess yeah maybe the uh the film company didn't have the permit to shoot driving things outside the parking lot <laughs> just just a possibility oh and the name of the parking lot too is twin pine twin Malls. pines well mm. twin pines at the start of the film because as we discover very quickly, Marty mm. accidentally travels back in time and very quickly turns that area into Lone Pine Malls when Which, he yeah. drives through one of the Twin Pines. Um, and <gasps> I didn't yeah, even notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot of like changes like that where he'll make, he'll do something accidentally and he really kind of creates that. Like the Twin Pine Mall becomes Lone Pine Mall. But he also, there were also some more obvious cause and effect things where there are things that are already in place which end up being marty's uh marty's fault i guess like um making the the mayor who was working in the milk bar in the 50s <laughs> giving him the idea that goldie wilson should be the mayor and we already know that in 1985 he's running for re-election yeah i'd, I'd <laughs> completely forgotten that it was the farm they went to first and uh i don't know about uh, yourself claire um i i thought that whole sequence with the farmers was hilarious i just i couldn't believe that they thought he was actually an alien <laughs> like it just it was so funny mm. so funny mm. it was a great way to almost also sell the delorean as well mm. like as being it is so futuristic yeah people 30 years ago would have like you know shot people thinking they're aliens yeah. <laughs> and it's got one of my favorite lines out of a film with so many favorite lines when mm. they run off after the first time he comes out and the sorry about your barn and he gets shot at and then the kid who's obviously <laughs> super into it is like oh he's mutating into human form quick stop him and the dad says some line like take that you mutating son of a bitch <laughs> bang <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 just gorgeous. It's just really, really lovely. Mm. Um, despite the fact they're trying to murder him, and yeah. um, <laughs> so he escapes from the farm. He drives to where he hopes home will be, but mm. there's no home. Lloyd Estate, uh, sorry, Lyons Estate, um, mm. hasn't been built yet. It's just it, it's just starting to be um, turned into the land that houses will be built on. Yeah, and just just that moment of like absolute 
panic i think mm. that settles in I, I i felt that again as a viewer of kind of going oh damn yeah you wouldn't there's nowhere there's no home to go back to at this yeah point. and i think that's a really interesting and kind of like surprisingly isolating moment mm. yeah and i've never thought of it like that like i've always it's all i've always thought like oh, okay yeah okay that's i guess it's a good way to help him realize mm. what's up because this it's gone, but I never really felt that isolation, even yeah. though you meant to. So. Yeah. I mean, I Did mean, you ever feel that, Claire? No, or? I was the same. I thought of it as like a, oh, okay, so it hasn't happened yet. Almost like it's, it's a clock like, telling yeah, you. Yeah, now, now he knows he's not dreaming. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> it serves both purposes. And then, of course, the DeLorean won't start. I wonder mm. if that's going to happen again. <laughs> the DeLorean is is hidden because it's not working. It's out of plutonium. Where are you going to get plutonium in 1955? <laughs> that's the least of Marty's issues. He's got to walk two miles to the uh, the town of Hill Valley uh, mm. and enters enters to find it's 1955. Mm. Everyone's in suits. He reads a newspaper that says November 5th, 1955. <laughs> he's like, well, there's a milk bar. No, he's he, he's living in 1950s Americana and he goes to the milk bar. He finds that Doc Brown uh, is in town 30 years younger um, in the phone book. And he also finds his future father. He mm. finds George McFly as a high school student getting bullied by Biff and just generally looking like a complete wimp. Mm. Uh, yeah. He's meant to be 17 as well. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see him getting bullied. Essentially, the exact same scene we saw with Biff it, it, when we're first introduced to those characters replays itself, but obviously mm. 30 years yeah. previously. And um, he's got a little gang featuring. <laughs> da, 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 da. Billy Zane! Yes, Billy Zane's <laughs> first film appearance. Really? Yeah. His first ever. This is his first uh, cinematic release. He's, he says nothing. He doesn't. I always thought he had a line, but the lines go to um, Buzz mm. Cut and Goggles or whatever the yeah. hell their names <laughs> his, were. His lines are in the second film. Um, so, yeah. Just, you know, Billy, but I think, I think yeah. he must have. He probably did get a bit. Probably. Not better, mm. but he probably did break into a few more things at that point. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We really just know him from Titanic and Phantom. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, and Zoolander. And Zoolander. Yeah. Uh, Zoolander is. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, he plays true. himself. So, yeah. you know. Um, but yes, uh, Billy Zane and uh, Biff, they, they bully George. And obviously, Marty's like, he follows George because it's his dad. It makes sense that he'd follow mm. mostly just out of curiosity. Like, mm. uh, Claire, I'm going to put you in a situation. It's 1976 in the Wheat Belt. You have turned up in a time machine which has broken down. And you happen to chance into your 17-year-old father, what are you going to do? I don't think I ever want to meet my 17-year-old father. No, but it's happened. He's there oh, already. No! So what are you going to do? Like, Would you follow him out of morbid curiosity? Probably. Yeah, I think it's a perfectly natural reaction yeah. that, that Marty has to be like, I've got to follow my dad. Also, he has no home. It makes yeah. sense that yeah. like the people, even though they're not his parents yet, are he, the home. And he does, mm. all he has is that, directions that he doesn't totally understand to where yeah. how to get to jocks yeah. i always something else i always found weird was you know how he goes in and like you know grabs and tries to ring and he doesn't mm. get through because he just hit his head um dangling yeah. the clock oh yeah yeah uh, something i always notice but then also he rips the page out of the phone book of that yeah. guy's phone book and then literally walks up to the guy holding the piece of paper like flourishing it going can you take me it's like you just ripped up my bloody book. Yeah, I'm guessing it's something that just happened a lot in 1955. Like, I was really expecting him to like go ape. I yeah, thought so he well. kind of went ape. 
Um, but not for that reason. No, not for that no. reason because of yeah. he made like he asked for a tab. And it's like no, you got to pay for something. And Pepsi free. It's it ain't like, free, no, son. It ain't free, yeah. <laughs> and I think he just gave him like black clink. coffee in the end, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was a real who's on first scene mm. that they yeah. were doing there. Um, <laughs> there was also something. This just um, mm. sticking with Sal. Sal. I think it's his name, Sal. Like this, it's Sal's cafe or something. Or someone. Oh yeah, cafe. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you see it on the note as well. But um, for Hill Valley, California, there's a lot of people with like Brooklyn accents, mm. like that guy, um, Lorraine's dad. Yeah. Um, there's almost every old guy just. Maybe they all, you know, move there. I mean, it is just yeah. after the, you know, it's after the war. Maybe mm. some of them were, you know, had to work in some of the bigger cities and decided to retreat into that sort of cocoon of the perfect Americana lifestyle the 50s was about. Maybe Hill Valley was one of those uh, hot Pleasant real estate uh, hotspots. We know that they're building the Lions Estate. Maybe yeah. it's full of development areas like that. This is a podcast all about 1950s American real estate. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. <laughs> But yes, um, it could be that. Or it could mm. just be that's where mm. a lot of the casting agencies are based. Yeah, Who knows? Or, or that's what people kind of assume is that. Yeah. Like, cause there was also that um, Atlantic accent that used to be super popular yeah. back then. Like, people were taught to have this American to British yeah. voice. And maybe that's kind of part of it as well. Mm. So he follows his dad and then he discovers that his dad... Is a peeping Tom. Oh. <laughs> just up in a tree with a pair of binoculars watching a young yeah. lady get changed. And if he thought that was the worst sexual thing he was going to find out about his parents, he was mm. wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's You know what? It's been so long since I've heard the term peeping Tom. Not that yeah. it's something I heard of a lot, but it was just one of those things that was always referenced in particularly in comedies where mm. it's like, you know, like the... The basically the the, the town pers- peeping tom yeah someone who was a pervert yeah. it's like oh that's the guy who we all know is perverted that kind mm. of thing and it was just it was just really interesting seeing him just go oh my dad's a peeping tom no like, you <laughs> feel like he should have said the word pervert and everybody else in the fifties would have used the word peeping yeah. tom yeah. yeah it's a peeping tom see yeah, yeah. and it, it, yeah. yeah you're right um and then George falls out of the tree um and almost gets hit by a car which as was established earlier. Um, was how he George met uh, yeah. Lorraine, uh, Marty's mum, which which means their relationship was based entirely on him stalking her initially. Yeah. No, no, that's not her. That's just some Isn't other it? house. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm okay. Really sure it's not meant to be her. My apologies. Their entire relationship is fine now that he was stalking someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah. So Marty intervenes. Instinct just takes over, pushes him out of the way, gets hit by the car, experiences what George mm. originally experienced. Wakes up. He really whacks his head. Too. Yeah. Like when yeah. when Michael Jeff box, he literally obviously got the direction, you know, make your head hit there. And he, he yeah. went for it. Yeah. And then went for it the second time when he actually does, like mm. he hits it and then kind of goes, oh, and then faints. Mm. Which he does a fair yeah. bit of in this film. Yeah. Very quick recovery from faints though. Yeah. Well, that one took a little while longer. That one, that I one mean, took nine hours. He got, nine he got nine his hours. pants taken off too. Yeah, true. Well, that's just it. <laughs> Claire's favourite bit of the film. Yeah. So Claire. Yeah, Claire. Describe this scene. Let, let's. No, it's weird. It's incesty. <laughs> we see Marty wake up in this bedroom, and he thinks his mum is there. Well, she is, but not in the mm. way he's thinking. And the lights we... come on, and it's it's teenage his mum, and she has got the hearts for Oedipus. She is just... <laughs> she is all in on the Calvin Klein train. Yeah. And oh, it's... that's another fun little um, product placement. Like, this mm. film, like, everybody loves it, but it mm. is... It is corporate. 
it is. Which yeah. is even maybe to the point of like super capitalist mm. going back to the Ronald Reagan thing. I actually yeah. made a game of, <laughs> I wrote down over a dozen, and I, I did forget every now and then, a dozen different things that get literally mm. like placed. Um, shall I go through them now? Quickly? You know what? Let's, let's, let's hear it. In fact, you know what? Let's, mm. Claire and I, let's see what we can recall. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I, I can remember a couple. I can remember mm-hmm. some. Okay. What's the first one you're thinking of? Yeah. Toyota. Correct. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, that was his car that he was yeah. um, that, that was drooling over. That was his goal in the whole film was just, oh, I'd love a car. I'd love yeah. this Toyota van. Um, uh, well, no, pickup truck. Pickup truck, my mm. apologies. Um, Who yeah. got a van? <laughs> Sorry. No a van. I, a van holds a DeLorean. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's great. Um, I am going to say Burger King. Uh, yep. Um, although I believe, having read the trivia for this one, that the Burger King was an incidental... Accident, yeah. It was well, not so much an accident, just that that where they were filming happened to the Burger King next door. It wasn't right. that they dressed up the building to look like a Burger King. Mm. Uh, Claire? Pepsi. Pepsi. Uh, yeah, Pepsi. Pepsi comes back with a vengeance. In, in the second too. one, yeah. yeah. That's oh, right. Really? Yeah. Well, it obviously worked. Um, yeah. um, oh, Mr. Fusion. <laughs> Mr. Fusion is not one of them. Oh, rats. Uh, <laughs> Um, prob- uh, should I go through? Yes. Okay, yeah. there is Texaco, which is oh, yep. Caltex mm. for Australian listeners. Yeah. Um, tab. Yep. Because he asked for a he tab. He asked for a tab, yep. Um, there is obviously DeLorean. Mm. Oh, um, Kellogg's is also all over the kitchen. Yeah, like, the peanut course. butter brittle. The peanut butter brittle things. Yeah. And then also when Biff goes to the fridge, for some reason there's like three different boxes of like mm. Kellogg's things on. Mm. I, I don't know. Do people keep like their... Cereal in the, the fridge? Cereal, no, on top of the fridge, oh. just in, oh. a, in a row, like the place. I guess in the 80s they did. Yeah, maybe they Makes did. Makes sense. That's yeah. where the milk is. Yeah. Um, Bud Light. That was yep. the beer that he kept oh, grabbing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then even on the table when George is talking with his family, mm. that's there. JC Penny, that's the big yeah. one. It's, oh, yeah, because um, it's over his shoulder. In yeah, the, like his yeah. Twin Pine Mall has a JC Penny. And literally the, oh. good evening, I'm Dr. Emmett Brown, and I'm standing in Twin Pine Malls at yeah. blah, blah, blah. Literally, it's him and then just this big JC Penny sign right over his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was a Bank of America. I've just there remembered. is, yeah, yeah, when he looks for the time. When he comes back to the future. Mm. That's literally the last one. Yeah. Um, there's also, obviously, Calvin Klein. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miller as well like mm. there's miller beer yeah. around too so yeah. they have mm. both miller and bud light so mm. it's um yeah it, it, it's heavy with its um with yeah. its things and i don't know how much was paid or how much was because yeah. it's become the point like if you see anything in a film they paid a lot yeah. for that yeah. yeah um just to try and get in there mm. so it's mm. um yeah it's, it's an interesting kind of take on i guess the super capitalist kind of yeah. 50s and 80s that kind of were around back then and but at the same time nobody begrudges the film that mm. yeah like definitely. L- literally this is going into a weird spot but have either of you guys seen the latest power rangers film no no but i'm aware of the crispy cream plot yeah yeah there's literally what? yes there's a plot <laughs> i gotta admit i really like that film mm. um mm. But the Power Rangers film yeah, has this point where what they need is... It's been buried for millions of years, but it happens to be over a Krispy Kreme. Oh. And they will keep referring to the fact that they've got to defend the Krispy Kreme or got to do something to Krispy Kreme. And doesn't it re- re- was it Rita Re-re- Rapunzel get to inside the Krispy she Kreme? She does. She eats one at one yeah. point while like her monster is just destroying the outside, <laughs> trying to dig under it. And she's trying to work out what a donut is. Mm. 
They spent a lot of money. They did. Mm. They did. Go, go, product placement. <laughs> um, well, I'm finding all this talk of capitalism quite uh, distasteful. Yes. So if we mm. can cut back to the incest. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, incest. Yeah. yeah, so we have uh, young Lorraine who just it so clearly has the hots for Muddy. And I think this might be the funniest thing in the film. It, yeah. Like the fact that, you know, Michael J. Fox has clicked in, oh, sorry, Marty has clicked in straight away <laughs> that, oh my God, she she thinks I'm hot. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and that continues throughout uh, pretty much the remainder of the mm. film. And it's just played so well because I think having an entire like, I guess B plot line that you're back in time and your mum is trying to have sex with you mm. is a pretty ballsy plot line. Walt Disney turned them down basically because of the the incest plot line, um, yeah. which you know it's Walt Disney. Fair enough, they've got a brand that maybe doesn't involve incest. Yeah. And I also quite um, like the fact that they they get to a point where Lorraine does kiss Marty, mm. and she's repulsed by it and she doesn't know why yeah and i i do feel as though that was it's it's vindication yeah that was that was a good i think (laughs) that was a good choice to put that into the film makes Um, the incest kind of okay it makes it more just kind of like oh it's a misunderstanding you know like in the classic uh like in shakespeare plays where it's kind of like one twin uh is prompt betrothed to someone and then the other twin ends up like through circumstances being with it's farce yeah Yeah, it's farcical and um yeah and every time it gets a little bit more cringy it's so well played like Mm. when she's trying to explain why she keeps calling him calvin and like the way she keeps looking at him and the bit is that he's written all over you and she reaches he's like whoa (laughs) and also like the way that when she's in her uh, her prom dress he keeps looking at basically her cleavage and then going oh wait it's my mum oh wait yeah, it's my yeah. mum <laughs> it's wonderful it's so so funny we have the wonderful family scene where uh, he he meets his grandparents and uncles Uncle Jailbird Joey yeah who's a baby <laughs> in, in the, the playpen better get used to those bars Joe and that, that joke continues for a bit even like his mm. grandma like Lorraine's mum is like oh we, we don't really take him out yeah. of there because he just cries a lot yeah yeah yeah. it's it's oh. it, it's just some brilliant there's brilliant layers to this film there's brilliant mm. layering just very well written um, and, and then and, it comes back yeah like it's going to you've got to keep this yeah. first film in your mind for the second mm. and the third mm. yeah like I mean, this isn't much of a spoiler for you, but mm. there is two more scenes. You know when he wakes up and he's like, oh, mom, is that you? Yeah. That happens in every single oh. film with a bit of a twist on it. Mm. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it'll be fun when we get to that. Mm. Um, Marty goes to Doc's house. He meets younger Doc. Uh, younger Doc is not happy. Like, what, Ronald Reagan's the president? I suppose Jack Benny's the head of the treasury. <laughs> Let's um, look up half of these people. Yeah. Um, um, although the lady he men- the, who mentions was potentially the first lady was Ronald Reagan's first wife, but yeah. he was already married to Nancy at this point. Uh, so funny, it, yeah. it still works as a joke. Um, yeah, so he Marty then convinces him by basically saying, oh, this, I know how you banged your head. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. also the bit where he's trying to use the flux capacitor as a mind-reading device as oh, well. Yes. Oh, that wonderful headpiece. <laughs> and, Just... and his other dog. Oh, yeah. Which that was a does, dog? Yeah, because you know, he had the dog originally attached to the machine and he pulls it off. Because mm. that dog's that. big in the third one because it's got a name. Like, because oh. I, I was watching, I'm like, they're not going to name the, the dog's called Copernicus in That's the right. 50s. He has a dog called Copernicus. Yeah. And in the 80s, he's got one called Einstein. It makes sense of the yeah. development of time. Yeah. You, yeah, pick, you yeah. pick earlier and later scientists. So I think Einstein died in 55 um, from memory. 
have no idea. Maybe. I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. I'm pretty sure Einstein we, died in like 1955. Oh, uh, oh sorry, the real, I, I was thinking yeah, about the actual dog. Einstein, Albert <laughs> yes. Einstein. I'm pretty sure Albert did pass away in 55. I got really sad for a second. Yeah, I, like, I mean, no, it's, sad, it's, it's sad actual Albert Einstein died, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He, he died April 18th, 1955. There you wow. go. Yeah. So, he, Marty manages to convince the doc that it's he's visiting from the future. They watch the tape from 1985 where... Uh, the doc mentions about 1.21 gigawatts, which there is a reason for that pronunciation. Yeah. Can't bring it up in the trivia. <laughs> um, so 1.21 gigawatts. And he's like, there's no way we can get that level of power. Plutonium's just not accessible. You might be able to buy it in every gas station in 1985. <laughs> um, but then he realizes that um, the lightning strike that's going to hit the clock tower, which Marty has a leaflet from regarding uh, the history of the clock tower, that's coming up in a day. So they've got one day to like... A week. Is it a week? Oh, my yeah, apologies. Week, yeah. no, I've written day oh, here for some November, It's November 5th, 1955 is when he goes to it. And then mm. the, yeah. the enchantment under the sea dance is November 12th. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. My apologies. I've, I've written down a day here. Um, but yeah, so they know that in a very short period of time, some lightning will hit that tower. Mm. And that's going to provide enough energy to power the car. So they start planning that. Um Marty also realizes that he has to make sure that the damage he's done to his parents' relationship has to be fixed because yeah. he and his siblings will exist through the um, through the slowly fading bits of his siblings that yeah. are disappearing from I, the photographs. I always felt like that was like a, another sponsored Kodak thing or something mm. like that, but I don't. I was looking for it and I couldn't see it like on the on the photo or anything mm. like yeah. that. So. So with this uh, this this particular stress, Marty and Doc go to school, and this was the extremely strong Rick and Morty scene, yeah. where it's those two talking about science in the corridor. And yeah, <laughs> Marty introduces Lorraine to George. They don't really hit it off. Uh, Doc brings up that uh, maybe we could get him Doc. to go to the rhythmic ceremonial ritual. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on fire in this scene because he's also got that bit where he's watching George come down the hot corridor with the kick me sign, which is such mm. a comic book thing. Yeah, and it's. Maybe you were adopted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they have the plan of getting them to go on a date at the dance. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, it? sorry. The rhythmic ceremonial ritual. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, Marty is trying to encourage George to, to go out with Lorraine, to ask her out. He's trying to build up the confidence. That's when he first confronts young Biff in the uh, canteen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that height difference again. Oh, yeah, it's mm. wonderful. There's, yeah, there's a little bit of a height difference there. And it's played to wonderful comic effect. Cause, Even yeah. the bit where he just like, smooths down the shirt and yeah. actually has to reach up to smooth <laughs> yeah. down the shirt. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, but th- they don't quite come to blows there uh, because Strickland's there. Yeah, Strickland's going to stop Stopping stop crimes. Wait, someone threw a paper plane. <laughs> I'm going to go after that. That is the best bit of that scene. Like, it's, it's all getting there and he's like... Mm-hmm. Maybe I should do some... Oh, my God, yeah. someone threw a paper plane. This is clearly like a real, an real equally art, serious Yeah, crime. real yeah. archy, like, kind of level of thing. Yeah. Like. Uh, but Marty manages to convince his uh, potential father that uh, he should ask out Lorraine by mm. dressing up in the radiation suit and scaring uh, his dad with Van Halen through some headphones, mm. waking him up. Do you think was part of that plan, or do you think that was all Marty? I, I'm going to say that was Marty. I think, I think that, was, that was 100% Marty. He's yeah. pretty resourceful, using using the guitar riffs from Van Halen to scare him with yeah. his I am Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Um, and playing into George's love of science fiction, yeah. which, you know, he's a science fiction writer, but he's never shown it to anyone. And yeah, because he, he can't... What is it? He, um, he can't take that kind of rejection, which yeah. is a line that Marty uses hmm. when he's talking yeah. about his um, demo tape, yeah, yeah, his band. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's, I love the themes. They're just yeah, there's it, so yeah. many. Like, it is 
like one of the biggest themes is like the repetition of events mm. um and like you know with that and with cat within characters and within other characters mm. yeah definitely i also really like because he, he, he so george is uh, goes to the milk bar he's he's gonna go ask out lorraine and uh says you know it's it's density that brought me to you. Yes. Which again, just very funny. Just just very funny. <laughs> or the bit where he orders I the milk and does the slide yeah. and yeah. The... chocolate. Yeah. I am your density. And, and then even kind of like when he um when he drinks it, he does kind of feel like he's been affected by it. Yeah. Like it is Oh, oh, that's strong. Yeah. Look at like, that hit okay. sponge. Oh, so much malt. And um <laughs> And the part where he kinda of walks over a bit like Elvis, but that's only so he can see his notebook where he's yeah. written all of Marty's yeah. um like pickup lines in there. Yeah, it's just wonderfully acted. It's uh, it's really good stuff from Crispin mm. Glover. Uh, Biff mm. confronts George, saying he's not meant to be in the milk bar. Marty trips Biff. They have that chase. He invents the skateboard. Um, yes. And there's the first crash into a pile of manure. There is. And the music as well. Oh like, yeah. This is not the first time you've heard the Back to the Future mm. um, like theme because mm. you see it yeah. in that bit. But it's really where it kind of sinks in. Like mm. this is the cool theme for all that kind of fun stuff yeah. speed and chase and there was one thing i noticed when the um when the manure comes down maybe just because i was watching so much billy zane mm. but uh when it comes down you actually watch billy zane lean into it like to try to hide himself under all the manure <laughs> um probably obviously because mm. he knew the establishing shot was going to need him to be covered and actually put mm. his head out See, that's the top-level uh, Billy Zane acting that we're yeah. getting the role in Phantom. <laughs> that's why it's him uh, on the Titanic with Kate Winslet, and it's not um, it's not Biff. It's not it's Thomas, not Thomas Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Although now I'd love to see that film. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Thomas F. Wilson as... As Cal... Cal, what's it? Calvin Klein. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Doc's plan to power the DeLorean, um, he, he builds that very quickly put together model, which looks amazing. I didn't have yeah. time to paint it. Yeah. Um, and demonstrates that they need to get it up to um, 88 miles an hour and get it to hit at the wire that's running to the clock tower at just the right time. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all going to go wrong. Um, Lorraine tracks down Marty uh, with, you know, those those uh, strong um, feelings for him and asks him to ask her to the dance. And he he just has to say yes. Mm. I like how like, Christopher Lloyd's acting in this. He's, yeah. he's, he's kind of... I think he finds it quite funny, mm. but also it's like, yeah. oh, but you're also going to die. And mm. you can watch his face just kind of go between this kind of, like, mm, what are you going to do about it? Kind of like, yeah. like, it's kind of cute. And then he's also like, oh, wait, no, this will this will murder him. Marty uh, and George make a plan saying that Marty is basically going to have to badly treat his mum, um, possibly in a sexual way, to, yes. to, for George to then... Uh, like sexual assault being part of a good guy's plan. That's, yeah. um, well, that's... look, Marty manages to accomplish not only that, but also saying that a white man invented rock and roll. Which, there's yeah. some troubles with that bit, yeah. yeah. Which is... is, is I mean, obviously, it's not what they're attempting to do with the film, but it is interesting mm. looking at it with a, a, a more contemporary reading. Yeah. Where you, like the fact that he is playing rock and roll and Marvin Berry's on the phone going, Chuck, it's your cousin, Muffin. <laughs> Marvin Berry, you know that new sound you want? Listen to this. Yeah, yeah that yeah. he... I guess you can still say that still he invented it. Yeah, it, it's all about the cyclical nature of time, but I, I do yeah. think it's, it, it's one of those... I, I would say unintended side effects. Very much unintended, yeah. which is kind of the point of if you're not thinking about something, you'll do that. Mm. Yeah. Like the idea of like your hero comes up with a plan involving, um, yeah, sexual assault mm. to try and 
solve a bit of a problem. But at the same time, Marty's in a situation where he will literally die. Yeah, if, yeah. If that doesn't happen, and he. It, it, like you can see him really struggling with it, even when it yeah, gets to yeah. the point of it happening, where it gets to the point where he's in the car with his mum and he just can't bring himself to do it, mm. which is just even though he knows it'll kill him, and that's yeah. such an interesting like yeah. position of anguish to be in. Um, Marty also writes a warning letter to the doc, basically mm. saying, mm. "Don't open this till 1985," and tries and hides it in his coat, um, which will come back in later. Um, they get to the dance. Uh, Marty and Lorraine park up. She gives him a kiss. We also he also learns that his mum drank and smoked and yeah. and parked in cars. Parked in cars, yeah, that kind of thing, which she's always railing against in eighty five. Um, when George is just biding time, waiting for the the moment yeah. where he's meant to go out, his his moves, man. Oh man, mm. he can dance. Yeah, him with yeah. that cup of like punch or whatever it was, mm. and <laughs> he's got some sweet moves. So beautiful. <laughs> um and. Biff confronts Marty because obviously he's angry about. That's one of my favorite bits. Is as soon as like someone's coming, he's like, "Ah, oh, finally, I'll be able to get out of this." Yeah, because he thinks it's George, mm. and then it's Biff, and Biff's drunk. And... Yeah, mm. and yeah, obviously Biff's gang, led by Billy Zane, by Billy, uh, who was who had a bottle in his hand, yes. so he didn't have to talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, lo- you know, they take Marty away, they punch him up, rough him up a bit, and then they throw him in the musician's car in the boot. Uh, luckily, the musicians mm. save the day. I always, um, I just noticed in that bit when, because to make that joke work, the whole, what are you doing to my car? You know, and then, yeah. he, you know, yells things at him and then like everybody else comes out of the car. Like That back window is just chock-a-block with all these really yeah. random things like mm. suitcases. Well, they're a traveling band. It jerry makes sense. cans. Yeah. And, like, I think there's socks in there as well, literally mm. to cover the entire back window. Mm. Yeah. So, you know five huge guys can come out of it to threaten yeah. them. Yeah, and kind of go, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, um, so Biff then starts assaulting Lorraine, and then George confronts Biff, and mm. actually... Um, thinking it's Marty. Think, well, thinking it's Marty, and then when he realises it's Biff, he still continues. He sticks yeah. with it, which is good, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, so he punches Biff, knocks him out. It's a good punch. Mm, yeah. Good punch. That spin is always mm. great. Oh, yeah. yeah, great Biff spin. Um, and then... Uh, ends up with Lorraine, but but it's not quite done yet because no, they no. share their first kiss at the dance, and the guitarist yeah. has hurt his hand trying to get Marty oh, out no. the boot. It's, if only someone can play the guitar. Wait a minute, <laughs> we already know Marty can play the guitar, so Marty is now playing at the school dance where his parents first kiss. Again, weird and incestuous, and yeah. a little bit, but but <laughs> but at this point, it's like quite low down on the chain of weird things. Yeah. So he's he's sort of coping with it <laughs> yeah. quite well. I mean, at this point, I don't think. Terrorists, Libyan terrorists make it into the top 10. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, or, you know, indeed, keeping an RPG loose in a, in a box. Yeah, game. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first eight can kind of be incest. Yeah. Then it's sexual assault, and then it's a little bit of racism. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a family-friendly film, though. It's, it's such a good film still. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And so Marty, uh, you know, he, he plays the song... Their parents end up together despite the late attempt from a Rick Astley lookalike to steal away. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lorraine. It was a real, like, it looked like um, Ron Howard as well. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Like, I, like... I wondered if it was kind of a real, like, slight, not Happy Days dig, mm. but kind of Happy Days, like, yeah. reference to pick this, yeah. this, you know, spiky, weird ginger <laughs> kid. Mm. And so, yeah, we have uh, the, the parents kiss. The fo- all the kids are restored in the photograph. Marty, who has his Does hand... he punch that? No, he doesn't punch that guy. He just pushes him. He just pushes him away. Him. Yeah, yeah he's like learned... Push, le- kiss. Just to push things now. That's all George needed to learn. Just push people. Yeah. Um, and, Which he does later. Yeah. And then Marty... Um, 
yeah, Marty is is saved and his siblings are saved. He invents rock and roll. And um, then he joins up with the Doc. They Doc, though, found the letter. He yeah. tears it up saying, I can't know about the future, Marty. That's not how this works. Yeah. Um, and uh, as, as they're arguing, a branch is knocked off by the mm. incoming storm and it breaks the wire. It severs the connection. Yeah. And so Doc... Or pulls ne- the plugs. Yeah, pulls the plugs off. So mm. Doc now has to climb the clock tower to try and fix it. Uh becoming Harry Lloyd, which is just wonderful. Mm. Um, I loved, um, just just going back to that bit, because I don't want to jump over the Marty Doc. Like, you've kind of, it's odd that the, the Marty Doc relationship, it's established from the beginning, and yeah. you know that they're friends, and you know that they kind of really enjoy each other's company, even though they're very separate people. Mm. But it's really in, the other scenes, you know they like each other. I think maybe because Doc doesn't know Marty yet, but Marty knows Doc. Yeah. That you don't, get the feeling that this scene after a week of being with Marty and just having this really good friend, cause you get the feeling like doc was pretty lonely until he met yeah. Marty. Mm. Um, that in this scene when they're talking and he's like, you know, he's still sticking and they're trying to save each other. Mm. Like literally both of them are trying to save each other yeah. at the same time. Mm. And then like, as soon as like the time comes, they're both willing to risk each risk themselves yeah. as well. Like mm. Marty will willingly stay to try and tell him not to, you know, to do something about the fact that when he goes mm. back is problematic. Mm. Yeah. And um, then as soon as the branch falls down, Doc's like, okay, cool, climbing, jumping, moving, yeah. like pulling things and mm. parasailing and trying, like doing everything to risk his life to mm. save Marty as well. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's the opposite of the Rick and Morty relationship because they're mm. horrible people, but it's mm. so good and it, it 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 really made me feel so much more warmer than any other time I've watched it. Yeah. Maybe because of the gap and my own maturity. It mm. really helped. I it, I really liked it. I really liked their and that point where mm. it's kind of the proper culmination. Mm. And then in two and three that continues because now it is Doc that knows Marty and Marty that yeah. knows Doc. Mm. Yeah. They're on the same page. Time exactly. Wise. Literally um, time wise. They're both the nineteen eighty five yeah. versions. And then um, another thing that Marty does is he changes the arrival time to ten minutes earlier. So I he, cho- yeah, I would have chosen like a day. Yeah, could have hidden somewhere for a day. Yeah. And then no, it's got it's, it's, a bit it, of like leeway. It's got to be dramatic. Ten minutes. <laughs> That's all I need. Mean. Um, so luckily, Doc manages to uh, zip line his way down, get the get everything connected just in time for the lightning strike. The car disappears. Doc celebrates in the street, going hooray! It works all on his own too. Hmm. Like it's kind of like because you watch him just look around like. I've got to wait 30 years mm. to all mm. t- probably, I would probably say around 27, 28 years before he gets to meet. Well, yeah, I mean, 15 it's, year old Marty. It's yeah. it's 13 years till Marty's going to be born. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. But but he also knows he's definitely got 30 years. Yeah. Which is a really interesting concept that, you know, he knows that um, I'm going to make it to at least 1985 uh, mm. and I've got to build this time machine. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting um Logic, yeah. Well, also yeah. that that drives him to spend all his family's fortune as well, because yeah. he's still in the big house, he's still mm. got money, and by the end of it, he's living in a shack with a repeating toast that's getting burnt again and again. It's, yeah. It is interesting seeing that he chooses to do that, but also maybe not to get and, into and, time and, travel, knowing yeah. that maybe he doesn't have a choice. And also, I think it's also like, it's sad the first time around. Like, it's he is this... Like if Mr. Strickland, mm. um, 
that bastion of humanity. Um, <laughs> he literally says, the doc's a loser, your dad's a loser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, it gives it a real nobility that he is waiting. And like he knows yeah. how the time machine works. He just fixed it. Mm. He would have sp- he spent a week staring at this machine that he's got to hold on to mm. for 30 years. And I think it's another one of those things that's probably a cause and effect, is that yeah. Doc is probably a bit more well-respected. Um, it also reminds us, when you're talking about his family fortune, how he has to bribe that um, police officer. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got really early on, like, you see it going on in the background as Marty's slipping the note yeah. into yeah. it. He's like, oh, of course I have my permit. It's right here. <laughs> it's got Benjamin Franklin, Franklin on it. <laughs> um, so Marty gets back to 1985, crashes into the cinema, And it's amazing it. how crummy they make 1985 look like the yeah. first shot is a police helicopter mm. looking down yeah. on a homeless person with Litter. stuff going around yeah. and everything around it is a bloody sex store mm. or a like really cheesy looking church as well that's yeah. what he runs into a church which obviously is a repurposed um cinema yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's that was a really good transitional shot as well. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. if like fifty five, fifty five, fifty five police helicopter, that that seems yeah. more. because yeah, it's, it's Doc looking up at the tower, and then it's a shot of what Doc was looking at, and mm. then the yeah. police thing. So it's not a not even a fade. It yeah. just immediately mm. cuts from Doc to the tower in the eighties. But yeah. you are staring there, going, "Are we watching?" Like you, you even think it for a bit. You're yeah. like, "Are yeah. we? Are we in watching the yeah. clock tower in fifty five mm. or the clock tower in eighty five? Yeah. Um, we then have uh, Marty arriving just in time to see Doc get shot and to mm. then see himself drive around the car park and go into the future and the Libyans crashing into a random yeah. stall of some kind. It was, it was like a photo booth. Yeah, something mm. like that. And, and it killed them. It killed them. Because and, they didn't get out and try to shoot more of yeah. Marty and yeah. Doc. And, and it didn't yeah. blow off blow up the RPG they had lying around, which was no. convenient. Um, and <laughs> It was a Michael Bay film. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Yeah, and so Marty turns up and is like, oh no, Doc, you're dead. And then Doc has uh, the bulletproof vest on and he's like, I, I fixed the letter, Marty. I repaired the letter. But he I... doesn't actually say anything. Oh yeah, he shows him the letter. He shows him the letter and he's smiling because yeah. like, I always took that as being like he is winded as hell because he just had a, you know. No, it got shot. He just yeah had an automatic rifle go off into oh. his chest. And while there, like if you've ever seen anyone shot yeah. with a Kevlar bulletproof vest on, they got welts under there. And even when he yeah. speaks, it's eventually he goes, well, I just thought, what the hell? Like, yeah. It's so, mm. I guess, mm. probably laboured because he's probably just had the hell beaten out of mm. him. Yeah. So Doc drops Marty off back home and says, I'm going into the future now. I'm going to go 30, 30 years, years ahead to 2015. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and so, yeah, he goes off and travels into the future. Marty wakes up in the weird pose. The house is different. Uh, he's sitting, um, you know, his siblings are different. They've got more respectable jobs. Yeah, um, they look better. Yeah, his parents. She's got a girlfriend. Yeah. And a boyfriend. Yeah, she's got, a, she's got <laughs> multiple seemingly multiple. Yeah, boyfriends. it's like, was it Craig or Greg? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, his, his parents look great. His mum's thinner and not apparently not drinking as much. His dad is basically Stephen, Stephen King. King. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like he... I was always wondering that, like, when I thought about it, because he always gets referred to later as an author, George. Mm. But they also mentioned that's his first book. Mm. And because I always thought if he was an author, they wouldn't be in the same house. Because the establishing shot, when he comes back to the better better future, Mm. it's still a bad house, like, directly under power lines. Mm. You would have thought 
they would move somewhere else. Possibly, but maybe but, maybe he he worked in that same job that he did where Biff, think, yeah. Biff was his supervisor he's, originally. He, yeah, he's mm. the supervisor to somebody else. And maybe and, yeah, maybe he just worked there for a while until he got to the point where he could write the book. Yeah. And now mm. this is where his career takes off potentially. Although, uh, but, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed that Biff wasn't his like direct underling in the job. Yeah, like yeah, Biff yeah. is technically he's a small business owner, so yeah. he's not doing bad for yeah. himself. No, I mean he is an underling socially though. Yes. Ever since he's been well biffed well, in the he, face. he literally becomes a butler at one point when the package gets delivered. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mr. McFly, it's your first book. Yeah. yeah. Um it's such a good like mm. twist on the Biff character. And then yeah. even the first two minutes of I mean not to spoil it for you, but mm. in a week you will see it. But the first bit of Back to the Future 2, there's a bit where he's still the kind of, like, thing. But then, like, he basically he kind of half sees the DeLorean fly off. Yeah. And he goes back to old Biff. Mm. Like, he's like, what the hell? Mm. Like, Ah. really, like, his voice goes from that, oh, Marty, Marty, to, like, proper old, deep Biff. Mm. So, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting to see, like, how much... Yeah, mm. they've kind of swapped roles. Yeah. yeah, but I feel the underling thing is kind of better done by the um, Thomas F. Wilson who plays Biff than mm. by Crispin Glover who yeah. plays um, Marty. But I think also like Thomas F. Wilson's a comedian by trade, and so mm. I think he knows what kind of silly buttons to push in yeah. this hyper reality. Uh, Marty has his car. He has the yes. the car yeah. he wanted. He's pa- poorly parked. Very poorly parked. It's literally yeah. in the garage in this three quarter thing. It's like you. No, you, how did you do how that? did you get it in there? Yeah. And then, Which I joked later it gets explained because it might have been one of the hover cars. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. And then Jennifer turns up and you go, oh yeah, Jennifer was in this film in this at the film. beginning. It, why are we? It's been a long time. Um, yeah. And then like she says, it's like you haven't seen me in a week. And I'm kind of like, I feel like I haven't seen her in a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, the doc arrives from the future in just the wonderful 2015 oh. clothes, <laughs> yeah. the see-through tie, the the silver goggle. The silver wrap around yeah. your goggles, the the yellow trench coat, fueling the fueling the car with the Mister Fusion stuff, yeah. and my, then that's one of my favorite bits as well. Is when he's he grabs all the food and like the beer, and he's he's careful to not spill any of the beer, yeah. and then throws all the stuff in, like pours the beer in, and then just kind of looks at the can, and just no, we'll throw the can in there too. Yeah, yeah. and the film ends with um, where we're going. We don't need roads, and the wheels tuck up underneath, <laughs> and it's a hover car, and it flies into the future. End of Back to the Future. Mm. Claire, you're, you're laughing now. It's so good. I mean, what was it that most charmed you, I guess, with this film? I don't think I've seen anything like it before. Mm. I don't think I've seen anything as... Not that it was like... Not that I haven't seen anything as amusing, but like... it's It almost seemed relatable. Mm. in a way but still so amusing <laughs> i know it's, i mean it's a really good point i mean for me it's, it's been maybe a decade since i last saw this mm. and it felt like getting into a warm bath uh, yeah. yeah just kind of like feeling of like ah, oh, mm. this is mm. nice this is this is this is really nice it's just a lovely film yeah mm. um despite the racism the incest yeah. and the you know all those other things <laughs> would you guys like some back to the future trivia yeah love it the rights to the film and its sequels are owned by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, who wrote the script. Mm. In 2015, Zemeckis maintained no reboot or remake of the franchise would be authorised in his or Gale's lifetime. Nice. Probably a good idea. Yeah. This film, it's great. It, yeah. yeah. It, 
I mean, I don't know how much. Really... Who 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 could play those parts if you couldn't have Michael J. Fox mm. and Christopher Lloyd now? Probably because they're. I actually thought that. I thought maybe Kelsey yeah. Grammer could be Doc. Niles, Niles, <laughs> yeah, give me the flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> like he's that kind of bust, like a blustery. He could, yeah, yeah. Hold on, uh, uh, traveling um, through time, it's just impossible. He'd have a little dog called Eddie. Eddie, oh, yeah. It'll be built up. You know, actually, that's not a bad shout. I quite like it. Yeah, no, yeah, the more you think about them. Yeah, I it, think, also, as a kid, I think I used to get Christopher Lloyd and Kelsey Grammer confused. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. Who would you get to play Marty? Marty. Ah, oh, there's probably some young kid who could do it. Yeah. If you, if you did a little bit of, I guess, yeah. gender flipping... Would Daisy Ridley be the right age to be a Marty? Oh, she would be great, Marty. Yeah, yeah. like as a, a very. But would, would she like I, Martina? I guess. Yeah. No, Marty. Or, or, or Martine. Yeah, Marty. Sure, for sure. Yeah, she yeah. should be Marty. Martine McFly. Yeah, a very no, English one. Though. I like that. Yeah. yeah. But the, oh no! But then her dad's hitting on her all the time. Oh. Yeah. See, that's disgusting, isn't it? Oh. Well, I feel you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not a shot for shot remake. Maybe yeah, they. Yeah, maybe we get rid of all the incest. Yeah. And Daisy Ridley doesn't invent. Well, in the, the 80s, film? rock and roll's around. Yeah. She, she invents the synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> she invents boy bands. <laughs> Writers Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis actually received a fan letter from John DeLorean uh, after the film's release, thanking him for thanking them for immortalizing his car. Mm. And they have. Mm. It, oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, that car is remembered. Uh, because of this film in 2010 during a cast reunion michael j fox says that strangers still call him mcfly constantly uh fox said the most remarkable instance was when he was in a remote jungle in south asian bhutan uh located between china and india in the eastern himalayas Uh, a group of buddhist monks passed him and one of them looked at fox and said marty mcfly oh my god (laughs) so yeah um That would be perfect. It would. Oh, man. There's Uh, so many good stories like that, too. The script was rejected uh, 44 times before it was greenlit. 44? Yeah. Like I said, it was... When was it it first, like, offered to someone? Like, was it going to be someone going back to 1980? Like, in 1980 or 1970? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they would have been circulated around a lot of places. It's probably put together if you know maybe at the turn of the 80s i'd say maybe yeah. generally looking it could at... really have just been 81 and they really just yeah. shipped it out so much yeah um as you said ronald reagan was amused by doc brown's disbelief that an actor like him could become president so much so uh he had the projectionist stop and replay the scene uh, reagan also enjoyed it so much he even made a direct reference to the film in his 1986 state of the union address mm-hmm. as they said in back the film back to the future where we're going we don't need roads. He m- almost certainly didn't sound like that, but <laughs> no. What was he? Was he talking about like infrastructure? Like I just, we do need roads. I don't want to point that out to him. I just have this quote, Mister yeah. Gorbachev. Tear, it's very Trumpy, my yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. Really let's like, let's not use Trump-y. it, Mister Gorbachev. <laughs> tear down this wall. <laughs> I got my hair inspiration from Biff Tanner. <laughs> uh, acor- uh. <clears throat> according to Bob Gale. On October the 26th, 1985, a group of people showed up at the mall used to film the Twin Pines location to see if Marty would arrive. When, wow. Was it not, did not come out then? It came out uh, before uh, October the 26th. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Came out in the middle of the year. So it was already set in the future when it was... Yeah. Oh, For a couple of months, cool. it was slightly in the future. The future, yeah. When Lorraine follows Marty back to Doc's house, she and Doc exchange an awkward greeting. This is the only on-screen dialogue between Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson in six films they've been in together. <laughs> when this movie was previewed for a test audience, Industrial Light and Magic had not completed the final DeLorean in-flight shot, and the last several minutes of the film were in black and white. It didn't matter, though. The audience roared in approval. 
they yeah, they loved it even in black and white without the effects done. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's more like that. I have to go now. My home planet needs me, and they just pick the car yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Poochie died on the way back. Yeah. To his home um, Christopher Lloyd stated he always wanted to do one more film. In mm. specifically, he would have loved to have seen Marty and Doc Brown travel back to ancient Rome. Oh yeah. Because yeah, that's not a time period that we go to, sadly. Uh, yeah. But it yeah. would have been great, like. Roman Biff, yeah, uh, you know Biffus Bullius, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Oh, he he would have had the word. I, no, I think he might have just been Brutus. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then just like you know, just have Thomas yeah. F. Wilson play Brutus. Yeah. Mm. Hey, butthead Maximus. <laughs> yeah. Um, Crispin Glover claimed to have only seen the film once, shortly after its release. Uh, in contrast, Christopher Lloyd states that he occasionally stumbles onto it when it's on TV and will always watch it till the end, mm. which is quite nice. Uh, Biff's catchphrases of "Make like a tree and get out of here" and <laughs> "Butthead" were improvised by Tom F. F. Wilson. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, good stuff from him. Make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Now this is what we're getting on to, Mr. Eric Stoltz. Stoltz, yeah, the Stoltz issue. Michael J. Fox was always the first choice to play Marty, but was unavailable due to the scheduling conflicts at the time with family, family ties. ties. Mm. Um, Fox was doing a lot of um, work on the show, so they just weren't able to let him go. So Zemeckis and Gale cast Eric Stoltz as Marty based on his performance in the film Mask. After six weeks of filming, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale felt that Stoltz wasn't right for the part, and Stoltz agreed. Uh, By that stage, um, the family ties schedule had freed up a little bit more, and they were able to get Marty McFly... uh, I did it again. I did what you did. (laughs) They were able to get Michael J. Fox... In and uh, like you say, he was filming Family Ties during the day and Back mm. to the Future at night time. And they reshot all of Stoltz's scenes, which cost them about $3 million. Whoa. So, yeah, big call, but I think they got the right person. They did. Yeah. They did. Like, this this day and age, like, films are un- under so much scrutiny that had they replaced someone, yeah. it would have, like, they would have been talked about so much. Like, what went wrong? What went wrong? Yeah. And by all descriptions from everyone, like, um, you know, Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis, even Eric Stoltz is like, yeah, it just wasn't going to be a good film mm. with I think, Eric I Stoltz's. Imagine him. I yeah. always get Eric Stoltz and Tim Roth confused, and so I used to always imagine Tim Roth in that role. That would have been weird. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen Tim Roth in Back to the Future. <laughs> That'd be lovely. At the London Comic Con in 2015, Michael J. Fox admitted that his four children have never seen the film. Oh. What? Yeah. Don't know why. They just haven't. Mm. So there you go. They Maybe should really they get on. Watch movies. <laughs> yeah, but they've watched all of Spin City. <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration for the film largely stems from Bob Gale discovering his father's high school yearbook and wondering if he would have been friends with his dad when he was a teenager. Gale also said that if he had the chance to go back in time, he actually would go back and see if they'd have been friends. Unlike you and your father, Claire. When yeah, I couldn't yeah. be friends with my dad. Okay. My mum, maybe. Yeah. Not my dad. I mean, in fairness, I think about my parents, and you know, I, I'm on very good terms with them and I love mm. them dearly we probably wouldn't have been in the same social yeah. circles just I mean no. they they weren't hosting podcasts in the 80s at all yeah. you know? it's just, no. what are you guys doing my dad was really into sports and I think that's what's mm. made me go yeah because mm. sports yeah well you know it's the wheat belt <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah according to Bob Gale Johnny Depp auditioned for the role of Marty McFly oh. 
Oh no. Um, he Bob. He said in an interview, I looked through the notes and I said, "Geez, I don't remember that we read Johnny Depp." So whatever he did, it wasn't that memorable, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, I no. mean, at the time, you know, Johnny Depp was a pretty bankable young star. I mean, he went on to be in things like Cry Baby and yeah. Edward Scissorhands and uh, Saving Gilbert Grape. Yeah, and he did good work yeah, in that time yeah. period before he became the Johnny Depp that people don't really like today. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Johnny Depp people know and. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, he, he I, it wouldn't have worked. No. no. Michael J. Fox is Marty. Well, he's, he's, he's quiet and broody, mm. and like Marty is not quiet or broody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's kind of hyperactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, it, I, it's just there's like impossible. an energy about mm. him. Yeah, it's just impossible just to really have. notice yeah. what, what of what he is without mm. thinking of that. The producer, Neil Canton, offered the role of Doc Brown to Christopher Lloyd having, after working with him on the film The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension, mm-hmm. 1984. Lloyd turned it down, but changed his mind after his wife convinced him to take the role. So thank you, Mrs. Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, Doc Brown also says gigawatts of electricity. Uh, now, mm. I don't want to get into a whole gif-jif argument, but very quickly, how do we say it? Giga. You say gif? Oh, GIF, yeah, GIF. Yeah, so hard G versus soft Gs. Uh, By the way, the answer's GIF. Um, (laughs) This is uh, an obscure but once standard pronunciation of gigawatt, um, which is a billion watts. Um, It's usually pronounced with the hard G as in gander and gold. In neo-Latin languages, uh, it was still pronounced with a soft G. And at that time, we we didn't use... uh, gigawatts as a measurement it was a farcical measurement at that time so uh that's why he basically he just went uh, let's go with jigger 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 seems right mm. um so yeah that's why he says gigawatts because yeah. it wasn't really standardized like yeah because we're also getting more into power as as we're getting more into data as well mm. which is now because we've got gigabytes yeah and mm. uh, giga sounded like there's is it yotta I think there's another measurement that's coming up yeah. after terror. Mm. And like we might eventually be referring to things as being in Yodabytes, mm. which mm. just sounds funny. Yeah. So, yeah, but the jigger and the giga, you just, yeah, it does sound like it's made up mm. Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, all good science starts that way, yeah. I think. <laughs> Uh, blood transfusions? What's this nonsense? <laughs> this is the 18th century. Such a thing doesn't exist. You're thinking about Dracula, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when Thomas F. Wilson is asked about this movie by enthusiastic fans, oh, I love this. He hands them a postcard of frequently asked, asked questions as a time saver. So you, you've actually encountered this? Uh, not, not that you've encountered Thomas F. Wilson. No, no, I haven't. I haven't encountered Mr. F. Wilson. But, but I'll, I'll see if I can find somebody put up the card. Hmm. Um, I'm Tom Wilson. I was in all three Back to the Future movies. Michael J. Fox is nice. I'm not in close contact with him. Christopher Lloyd is nice. He is a very shy man. Crispin Glover is unusual, but not as unusual as he sometimes presents himself. We get along nicely. Leah Thompson is nice. Eric Stoltz originally played Marty, but was fired due to performance issues. The first movie was shot in 1984 and 85. The sequels were shot back to back, in quotes. Never before attempted by a movie studio. And that's super popular now. Mm. Um, the hoverboards didn't really... Oh, do- There's hoverboards? <laughs> You've gone too far. <laughs> Marty, don't tell the future, Marty. We can't know. The hover- we, we, we were hanging for a while. <laughs> the we'll, we'll the manure was made from peat moss, cork, dirt, and a food agent that made it sticky. 
The DeLorean was an inferior automobile and nearly impossible for a person of normal size like myself to enter and exit. <laughs> Among many improvisations on the set, I coined the term butthead as well as make like a tree and get out of here, which mm-hmm. you mentioned. The third movie was my favorite since I redacted and <laughs> redacted a great adventure for a guy from Philadelphia. Mm. I hold my co-workers in the best light, but I have no idea what any of them are doing right now. Steven Spielberg was the executive producer of the movie, but Robert Zemeckis directed it. <laughs> Nobody had any idea that the movies would become a cultural touchstone, but How the themes is of French, it's big, it's... Okay. It's we about Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, if you encounter him, you can get the rest of the details yeah. there, because that's a heck of a heck of a mm. card. Uh, it took three hours in makeup to turn 23-year-old Leah Thompson into 47-year-old Lorraine, huh. but it looked pretty effective, as yeah. you said. Um, the test audience who first saw the film were not told that the movie was meant to be a comedy. Uh, Zemeckis and Gale recalled that the atmosphere in the cinema was very tense during the scene where Einstein the dog was sent through time because they feared something gruesome was going to happen. <laughs> I actually you, thought you, he you... was going to die. Mm. Like when he opened the thing, I thought it was going to be, be like frozen a frozen dog mm. and I was shitting myself. A little popsicle. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, it didn't happen. Yeah. So there you go. I think they made sure that they depicted it as a comedy. The film was banned in China for a while because the notion of time travel, quote, disrespected history. Um, That ban has since been lifted. John Lithgow, Dudley Moore, and Jeff Goldblum were considered for the role of Doc Brown. Some of those are good. Like John Lithgow. He would have been quite good. Well, he, he basically just went and played Doc in Third Rock from the Sun yeah. anyway. Mm. And Dudley Moore would have been good. Um, he would have been mm. a slightly more, I guess, like nutty professor type yeah, doctor. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum, I don't know. Uh, he, it... It's, uh, look, we're going <laughs> <laughs> Sure, yeah. open after being attacked by a... the Libyans. Yeah, he'd yeah. open up his thing and then lie in a sexy <laughs> yeah, pose. I like that sexy pose. <laughs> I just figured, oh. what the hell? Um, oh. Ralph Macchio was offered the role of Marty McFly, oh. but he turned it, uh, the Karate Kid, uh, oh. but he turned it down because he was told the film was about a kid, a car, and plutonium pills. Um, he then later Which said. Which is still not top 10 weird things in this film. Yeah. Mm. James Woods was also considered for the part of Doc Brown. Oh. Wouldn't have worked. No. Too, no too especially cl- not these days. Too clean cut. Yeah, at the no, time. at the time, not yeah. not clean cut enough at no, the no, moment. No, yeah, we we're, we're, we can't see the woods for the trees at this point. Um, <laughs> and finally, another of the numerous notes sent to Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale from Universal Studios, uh, with a uh, Sid Sheinberg, who was the head of the studio, uh, were to change Doc Brown's original sidekick to a dog. The original sidekick was a chimpanzee. Really? Originally, Einstein was going to be a chimpanzee. I think it works as a dog. It's yeah. it's better as a dog because a the, the idea of like the dog just kind of sitting there with his little seatbelt on, just like oh, okay, I'm mm. just driving around for some reason. Mm. Dog, like it, dogs in cars are mm. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It, a chimp, it's a, I mean, a chimp in a car is funny, but I think Doc Brown. I it's think it's gonna be a tiny car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're wearing a yeah. fez. Yeah. Um, I think. Doc Brown has very, very little that you can connect to him as a normal person. I think having a pet dog is one of the things that humanizes him. I think if it was a pet simian, uh, you would struggle to make that connection. Also, I don't think they had like cans of chimp food that they can pour out for (laughs) days. It would have just been bananas dropping on the floor. Which would have made even less sense because it's a dog. And like this idea that he loves his dog, but he'll still automate things. It's Mm. very like... Mm. It's, pro- it's like we get a few insights into the Doc character and early on in that 
first scene and one of them yeah, is definitely. the fact that he has a dog mm. and um, that he creates cool things. Those are literally the two things. And then even when you yeah. hear Doc talk in that scene, I remember thinking, this doesn't sound much like Doc because he's, he's soft and he's whispered, Marty, is that you? Mm. You know, you've got to meet me at this place by then. Like, it's not that, not boisterous, but more Christopher Lloyd things. Mm. So I've always wondered, like, why are they not... Like, why doesn't he sound more like Doc in general? But I guess maybe he's still in the hideout from the Libyans. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you sell, you sell a dodgy bomb to the Libyans. You, yeah. you want to you hide. Yeah. I also like the whole the line that he says, that I don't know how, but they found me. I'm like, you're literally in the same town yeah. that you made this arena from. They, Your they, name is on a... Mm-hmm. Big van behind you. They went to a milk bar in 1956 and ripped your name out of the new phone book they yeah. ordered in. Maybe that's it. They're sitting there with this book going, well, I can't find him in there. There's a page missing. <laughs> uh, so, let's score the film. We'll start with you, Claire, as the person who hasn't seen the film before. What would you give Back to the Future out of 10? Uh, I'd have to give it, like, 10 out of 10. Like, perfect. It's, it's 10 it's out of 10. So good, yeah. It's Brilliant. Perfect. No, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it yeah. so much. That's excellent. Mm. Uh, what about you, Jace? Um, I'm actually in the same boat. Like, I, I when we first started, I, uh, I said Back to the Future 2 was my favourite. Mm-hmm. Mm. But this was, like, I don't know, maybe because I haven't seen it for five years, but I'm like, this just really, like, mm-hmm. topped off a lot of, like, it was, it's, and I'm one of those people, I think I gave Alien when I was on here nine. Mm. Mm. And I'm one of those people that, like, my top film like you know whatever it is if it's back to the future if it's force awakens if it's whatever have you return of the king mm. i would probably give those tens just mm. as being like those are the top ones so this is a 10 this is a 10 um so I... even more realistic less pie in the sky numbers what would you give it i think on reflection i think that this script has aged incredibly well mm. uh, i think it's a story with the exception of a few small bits but then not... a, a few small things but i think there, there's it's a film which all its parts still work. It's a film mm. which has interesting characters. And it's a film that I I didn't realise how much I had missed. Because mm. uh, I've not seen it for a long time. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I'm, I have to give it 10 rhythmic ceremonial rituals <laughs> out of 10. Because... I didn't use the number system. <laughs> yeah, because it was... It's... It's perfect. It is. It is one of those films which yeah. is. It's. It's as close to flawless as a film's going to get. Yeah. Um. It tells. It tells a time travel story in a really coherent way, mm. with engaging characters, and actually challenges you as an audience. Mm. There is an entire subplot about the hero and his mum trying to have sex with him, yeah. and it's still a charming family yeah. film. It is an almost impossible balancing act that they've pulled off. Mm. Yeah. I never, like, going back to that, I never really noticed too much of the sexual tension. I know that mm. she was in love with him because, mm. but maybe it's because, you know, when you're six to ten, yeah. you don't totally understand yeah. you're the there going, sexual tension. Yeah. You're there going, oh, that's gross, icky. <laughs> exactly. Whereas when you're 26 or 20 or 30 you're going oh that actually is really really gross <laughs> yeah this is uh, and it's socially awkward yeah especially mm. the bit where she grabs his um yeah, pie, his pie yes. under the table it's and so... just, oh, i've gotta go oh, it's been great it's yeah. been really nice it's been good that does bring us to the end though of this podcast so uh, jason and claire thank you very much for joining me for this episode thank you thank you and for those of you listening at home uh, thank you very much for listening in as well uh, this episode and indeed this trilogy of films which we're examining 
uh, was selected by our wonderful Patreon patrons. They put together the short list of trilogies that they wanted to see, and then the general voting audience public, uh, they made their selection, and we ended up with this film. So a big thank you to all of our wonderful Patreon patrons and to those of you that voted in the in the poll, even the ones that didn't vote for Back to the Future, um, because you know voting's fun <laughs> um and yes if you would like to become a member of the uh, cinema catch-up club patreon page you can find us at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and for as little as a dollar a month you can join in on things like this and get some extra bonus content as well we are also available on itunes and soundcloud and other podcasting or podcatching services if you happen to have a podcasting service and you can't find us on there uh, then let us know, and we'll do what we can to get ourselves onto there. Um, so just let us know. And of course, you can find information on our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club podcast. Uh, Jason, it was lovely having you. Um, Thank you. I'm obviously have a lovely time in England. I will, definitely. And uh, a lovely time watching the next two films, probably as soon as we leave. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Claire... Um, I'll see you on the next episode. Yes, mm. I look forward to it. Enjoy really your journey because it's it's going to be a good journey. I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you'll have to. Well, at least the listening audience will have to wait till next week to find out yeah. what you think. That is all for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.